0: Welcome to the Addiction in My Family podcast, dedicated to educate parents and other family members about addiction, codependency, enabling, and recovery. With your host, Donna Marston, author of Peeling the Onion and Just for Today. Welcome to addiction in my family. My name's Donna M. and I'm flying solo tonight. So I thought we could talk about the stages of change because I think um, when my son was an active addiction, I just didn't understand. Any part of recovery I thought he knew everything from you know from what I heard but I didn't realize that there's changes that he would have to go through to get to the point of being in recovery so I think this is really important for parents to know uh, because I always say when you know better you do better and I did not know this actually learned this years later uh, because I I teach sometimes and um, so one of the classes that I was actually this was When I was getting licensed for uh, for my CRSW, this was one of the things that was very prevalent. But it's also taught it in a class that I was teaching to parents. So um, if you don't know that I do teach workshops, they are available, and I uh, also do private coaching. So I can teach uh, parents about different things about addiction and recovery. So I think this is really important to know, especially if you're new to this horrible world of addiction. And, um, that there's, that there's six changes when your child's in active addiction until they can get into recovery. And so the first one is pre-contemplation. And in the stage, People may be aware that there are repercussions related to their addiction, but they minimize or justify their choices. They, um, they then, not a great deal of desire to change and to be an outside observer. It's as though they're sleepwalking through their lives quite unconsciously. Um, so pre contemplation is when they're just not dealing with their addiction. That's pretty much the bottom line to it. And, and, you know, and, and to kind of spin off of that, there's two types of denial. There's a denial when someone is in active addiction, but they don't realize that they're addicted. And then there's denial when they realize they have a problem, but they're gonna deny it to family, friends, and business associates. So um, after pre-contemplation, stage two would be contemplation. So people in the contemplation stage have become aware of the greater impact of their addictive behavior, yet if they are uncertain, if it's worth the effort to change, they may be open to considering change someday, but they they just haven't... Um, really made a commitment to it. It's like, you know, having one foot in and and the other foot out, you know, doing the hokey pokey, turn yourself around and they're just not making a decision. But the good news is they're thinking about it. So um, in advanced stage three, people make a decision and have a glimpse that the costs overshadow perceived benefits. Behavioral change becomes a possibility. It's not a one and done decision, but rather a process over time. So stage three is preparation. They're thinking about it. You know, they're thinking about maybe I'll go to an intensive outpatient program, or maybe I'll go to church, or maybe I'll go to an AA or an NA meeting, or maybe I need treatment, the thoughts are starting to happen, and they're looking at and considering making some life-changing decisions. They know they need to do it for themselves, but they don't have to do it by themselves. People can, parents can support them. We can support our children in their recovery. We just don't have to participate in their addiction. So in the preparation stage, they set an intention to gather resources. Parents often do it for them. I was one of those parents. I'd, I'd call around, see if people had beds, and I'd give them the phone numbers. So whether it's a form of therapeutic intervention or 12-step meetings or other sober supports, they set a timeline and may make a verbal or written commitment to their loved ones that in, on such and such a day, I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna do. So preparation is they're thinking about it. They're looking at the resources. you know, maybe they're taking notes on it, but they haven't made any decision of how they're moving forward. And then there's stage four, and that's when our kids take action. In stage four, they'll take the actual steps to engage in a positive mental, emotional, and physical change by immersing themselves in addiction recovery. Not just being abstinent from drugs or the drug of their choice, they, they're they looking at making a life change that could include maybe a fitness plan, changing their um, eating habits, their Good eating habits are very beneficial with somebody in early recovery. I believe that they need a lot of proteins. I think that really helps them. Uh, I used to give my son protein shakes and um, put fruit in it just to get him to, to eat. So, um, and then the next one is the maintenance And this is stage five. So people in the maintenance stage, they've gone into treatment or they've gone to um, maybe church. There's many pathways to recovery. A lot of parents think, oh, you need a bed. You have to send your kids off to rehab. That's the only way they're going to get healthy. Well, I know firsthand that rehab works, but I also know firsthand that um, it can take many attempts for rehab to work, my son was in and out of rehab. Lots of times, he went to get me off his back because he knew that if he went, it would. He and he he told me this. He would have a prescription to use. He knew when he got out, he was going to start using again. But it would usually take me probably three months, typically, to catch him. My gut would be stirring. I would ask him, you know, if he was high because. He looked high to me, but there's also pause, post acute withdrawal syndrome, which would confuse me sometimes. But he had um, he would take the action. He would go and do his 28 day stint, and then he'd come home, and he didn't work. He um, went back with old friends. He went back to the old behaviors. He just couldn't get himself out of it, and it would just take me a while to catch on. My gut would be stirring, telling me something's really wrong, but I wanted to hold on to my hope, and my gut was always right. So, And then um, the next stage is the maintenance. So people in maintenance have become able to sustain these patterns. It's like a fitness routine or like a diet, right? You know, I keep saying I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose all this weight. Well, if I'm not committed to it, I'm not going to lose the weight. So addiction, it was really the same way. If they're not working their recovery, their maintenance, then they're going to relapse. And a relapse is when their sobriety loses its priority. That means they have a slip. Sobriety loses its priority. So after stage five, they move into stage six, and that's termination. And at the termination stage, people can gaze into the mirror and, and look at themselves. I've heard people say, ex- men in particular, that uh, men, when when they're shaving, would, would shave in the shower so they didn't have to look in the mirror at themselves. Matter of fact, I was uh, speaking at the local hospital um, for family night and one of the young men at the end we started talking about self-love and I said you know just look in the mirror every day and tell yourself you love yourself and he, he was telling me he just can't and yeah he's just one of those guys he goes in the shower to shave because he just cannot look at himself so and he's in the action stage he just started an IOP so. Um, with termination at this point they may face some major losses they know if they maintain their resolve to remain clean they can enjoy a new life and uh, oh and by the way the new language is recovery not clean Um, people shower every day so they're clean and then um, so in order for our children to move forward into their recovery they really need to have a recovery plan and it's important that parents have a recovery plan as well and that's one of the things that i do with the parents that i work with and uh, on my membership page we we have a recovery plan i call it a wellness plan and our kids need a wellness plan it's the same thing you know our our behaviors mimic each other the only thing, when my son was in active addiction, I, I wasn't self-medicating. I was feeling my pain, but we had a lot of the similar behaviors. I was, my life became unmanageable, his life became unmanageable. And um it wasn't good for anybody. So I think if you really educate yourself and, and, don't put so many expectations on your child's recovery and let them do it the way that they are, are taught to do it from whatever program they do or from a sponsor. I think sometimes parents get in the mix and they really don't understand what a recovery program is and, um, or even how to model that. So I always ask parents when they have a child in recovery to do the same work. So one of the things I challenge them with, if they have a glass of wine at night, just for today, don't have that glass of wine, and then do it the next day, and then the next day, and the next day. And you get a feel for what it is that our children go through when they're giving up their their drug of choice or their alcohol. And the other thing is when people are in active addiction, everybody in the family takes on a role, and I think it's really important to identify those roles. And so the first role that I was really good at, I was the chief enabler, and it's as though my son is standing on a chair and one leg is missing, and it's a little wobbly. So he has his hands on my shoulders and he has a grip on me. He's the puppet master and I am his puppet. He makes a promise to me. I do whatever he he wants and needs because I want to believe him so bad. And so I was his chief enabler. Now, um, and then there's the hero and that's usually one of the older kids in the family. And, um, typically the girls and they become you know the the model child they become uh, very career orientated very successful in life and they kind of give a balance they you know they're holding the chief enabler giving that the chief enabler support but they're also giving some support to the person with a substance use disorder and in my house um, because it was our child my husband worked long hours, so he wasn't home much, but when he was home, he could step into that role of the chief and enable i mean of the um of the hero and then there were times where my youngest son he would step into that role, so my youngest son took on all the other roles because there weren't other um, people in the household so the next one is the scapegoat and the scapegoat is typically a really angry child if it wasn't for you this wouldn't be happening to me and that child especially in inner cities they tend to go to the gangs and because that's where they're gonna find their family unit and um, so they'll, they'll get attention doing negative things behaving badly you know just acting out and then there is the um the lost child. And my youngest son really played this role the most, where he would isolate, he would go in his room, he would, you know, play video games, he would draw, he just isolated from the family. And um with a child who grows up in a household that has addiction, parents who are an active addiction or alcoholism. That child at the time that they become an adult may be suicidal, may have problems with depression. They're usually a pretty passive kid and hopefully somebody in the extended family will will just nurture them and take them in because they become somewhat neglected. And then there's the mascot. And the mascot is the person who kind of clowns around, the child who kind of clowns around and really tries to pull everybody together. So what happens is everybody's doing this toxic dance around my son and I. He's on his chair. He's hyper-focused on his addiction. And I'm his chief enabler. Whatever you need, honey, I'll co-sign whatever you need. I'll do what, yep, you want this, I'll do that. I just wanted him to stop using drugs. And he knew it, and he would promise me things and never follow through. So I'm depleting our bank accounts. I'm depleting myself emotionally. And there comes a time where, you know, the chief enabler just is drowning, and we can't help ourselves. And for me, I got to a point where I couldn't breathe, I couldn't work, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat, I wasn't showing up emotionally for the people who were showing up for me that were healthy, and I just became a mess. I have parents in my group who have had a stroke, I had a mom commit suicide. I mean, it really wreaks havoc when we have a child so sick, and there's nothing we can do but love them. Just unconditional love with healthy boundaries is a... a, tough process. It's it's a learning curve, but it's really important for parents and loved ones to understand the role that they play. Or if you grew up in a household and you took on one of these roles, you identify these roles that I just talked about. If you go into a counselor, any type of therapist, identify that role with them so that you can heal that role. It isn't about your parents' drugs or alcohol addiction. It's about what hurts your heart? What, what have you stuffed in that little child that's so wounded? It's really important to do inner child work. I love energy work. I love inner child work. It's just um, very freeing and healing, and it allows us to move forward and living healthier, happier lives. So... I want to remind you that I um, am a recovery support coach. I do recovery support coach sessions with, with people, with parents in particular, and you can find all my information on my webpage at www.donnaforsupport. That's with a number four.com wwwDonna Dot com. I also have an online membership page where I run a weekly meeting on Zoom so we get to see each other. There's people from different parts of the country, and that's www.parentssharingwithoutshame.com. Until next time, may your faith and strength heal your heart. Thank you for listening today. If you want to support the Addiction in My Family podcast, please subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. If you are in need of support, Donna offers private coaching sessions and an online membership page for parents who are emotionally bankrupt. For more information, visit www.donnaforsupport.com.